DAOs or DAOs are decentralized autonomous organizations. This week I earned my first $50 from a DAO. I'm going to talk about that as well as Web3 React and the Bitcoin Mixer, bringing the metaverse into real life. We'll get started by talking about the Bitcoin Mixer. As you may know, I'm based in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Originally from the United States, I've just moved out here with my partner and we are working from our computers, earning an income and living where we want to live in the world. COVID-19 made this more possible than ever to be able to live anywhere you want and to find work that's entirely remote and to earn the income you need to do less working and more living. One of the downsides or challenges of living digitally nomadic is finding in-person communities. It's very easy to find an online community, but to find a community of people in person, um, whether that's speaking the same language or finding the same values can be challenging. It's something that we've been challenged with here in Thailand. And recently I've discovered the Bitcoin Mixer here in Chiang Mai. It's the only crypto-based community that I've ever seen um, in all of Thailand and in the broader in the entire world. And it's been really interesting to talk to these individuals. The Bitcoin Mixer is a bunch of people that spend the majority of their time looking at crypto and living their lives in the metaverse. And it's kind of the span between the metaverse and real life. It's like bringing the metaverse into real life. And once a week, we all meet up and we discuss what's been going on in the metaverse. Some people are Bitcoin maximalists and anybody talking about anything other than Bitcoin, they really uh, don't care about and they kind of look down their noses at you and other people are just getting into the space and still don't know what a l2 is or what DeFi is and then there's others that are developers there's young people there's old people there's men there's women it's a very diverse population and everyone is connected through the metaverse in some way in this crypto native living and the majority of people are also digital nomads or have were born in a different country and then have moved to the United or have moved to Thailand as an expat. It's really awesome to be able to have the community in person. I spend the majority of my time in the metaverse, going to DAOs on Discord, messaging my own team in Slack, being on social media, messaging people on Twitter, posting on Instagram, creating this podcast on my phone, um, going into OpenSea, like there's a lot of different places you can spend your time in the metaverse, online, in the connected universe. And humans are social creatures and we do need to get connected in some way or another. And to span and to combine the online metaverse with the real and bridging that to have the in-person connections is really important. Every moment of my day feels like it's spent doing what I love whether that is just messaging people and collaborating inside of a DAO and trying to get things done in a decentralized way or actively working with Mint songs and grinding out the code base trying to release an open beta or working on my Udemy courses, creating generative art. It's like all day, it feels like I'm just working on creative efforts that inspire me and really blur the line between work and play. And the Bitcoin mixer has been gas on that fire. Being able to surround myself with other people that are trying to do the same thing 
and are also trying to grow in their own ways, whether that's in mental health and physical health and their own professional development and their intellectual growth. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So surrounding yourself with people that are working on the things that you want to improve in uh, can really be a catalyst for growth and creating the life you want to live. And what you focus on grows, what you think about expands, what you dwell upon determines your destiny. If you're focusing on old communities that used to provide value and are no longer adding that value, are you focusing on what you want to grow? Or are you dwelling on an old reality that no longer suits your highest purpose? The combination of the metaverse with the in-person allows you to go on the metaverse, be able to sit in a chair and then jump all the way around the world to different communities in an instant without having to drive, no commute times, no plane tickets, no train costs, just open up a new URL or a new channel and message an entirely new group of people. You can find the group of people that you connect with and then you can figure out how can I span this online community into the physical world. And that's what I have to say about the Bitcoin Mixer and bringing the online metaverse into the IRL in real life. Next up, here's a clip from Noah Zimmerman, the creator of Web3 React, which if you're building blockchain technologies uh, is kind of the OG framework in the OG library to build. And for me this past week, I've spent a lot of time trying to wrap my head around what is a provider, what is a connector, um, what is a library, what is what am I activating, what's an injected wallet, how does MetaMask play into this, how does an RPC play into this. This talk gets pretty technical. Um, and then after this talk, I'll be back to talk about how I earned my first $50 in a DAO. just do it like in this view if that's cool because it didn't seem to want to go. Okay, so um, I'm going to talk about kind of each of the four elements of the title um, just really briefly. So um, modern, we want to build things that are um, very responsive, um, that feel live, that feel connected um, to a blockchain, especially in an environment where, um, you know, there's this kind of global network. We want to we want to really feel connected as a user of a dApp. Um, and so that's, that's a very important idea that we want to kind of have um, in the back of our heads. Um, dApps, um, again, the core of um, what many of you are probably, probably building this weekend um, is a dApp. You know, you're connected to a blockchain. Um, there's these kind of specific protocols that you have to follow. Um, and so like, there's, there's this kind of framework that we're operating in. Um, and there's a bunch of tooling and packages around um, dApps. Um, and so we, have, we kind of have to pick and choose um, the appropriate, I guess, tools for, for, for what we're trying to do. Um, React. Um, I chose to write this package that I've written for React um, just because it is kind of the de facto choice um, among crypto projects and, and among a lot of people for writing kind of really responsive, um, you know, stateful front ends, basically. Um, and it's, it's a uniquely well-suited package for um, dApp development because um, it involves, like, there's a lot of ways you can kind of um, programmatically write, um, you know, plugins to, to the blockchain. Um, there's, there's no kind of traditional data architecture. Like in a traditional front end, there's a, you know, there's a back end and you're making data requests and APIs and blah, blah, blah. Um, but with it, with a um, blockchain, you know, you're all you're you're making these requests all from the front end, and so there's a lot of um, kind of uh, there's a lot of ways that React um, kind of gives you that you can kind of systematize this and make this um, really kind of systematic and powerful um, and, and very extensible. And then again, Web3 React, this is the thing I've written um, that we're gonna we're gonna talk about um, a bit at the end here. Um, so b before diving into that, uh, I want to talk briefly about just like again this whole 
kind of ecosystem of, of dApps and front ends and, and blockchains and things like that. So um, there's kind of three entities um, that we can think about um, in this ecosystem. The first is wallets, the second is just the blockchain itself, and then the third is nodes. So wallets are, you know, um, a store of a private key that have some, some methods that you can call on them basically um, to sign a message, to sign a transaction, things like that. Um, the Ethereum blockchain is, of course, you know, I'm not even going to explain that. Um, uh, and then nodes are, um, you know, pieces of software that are running in, in the cloud somewhere um, that are connected to other nodes, uh, other, you know, their peers um, that also can kind of read from the blockchain and then, and then broadcast to the blockchain. And so those connections are represented by these arrows. Um, and so the way that communication happens between each of these parties is this thing called the JSON RPC API, which some of you may have heard of. And this is, again, one of these tooling kind of layers that I, that I mentioned er, uh, earlier. And it's basically just a way to systematically format data in a way that these parties can understand. And so um, wallets, there's many, many wallet providers, right? I, I mentioned them at the beginning. Uh, MetaMask, uh, Trezor, Ledger, Formatic, Portis, Dapper, you know, there's all these ones. And they all basically at the core are just this private key um, that, that can sign data. Um, and then there's nodes, again, there's Infura, there's, uh, there's like Etherscan has nodes, there's all kinds of node providers, and they all can talk to each other because of this kind of systematic method of communication called the RPC API, which you can read about online if you want to know more about. Um, and then from uh, a DAP's perspective, they're not actually using this RPC API, they're using another layer of, of abstraction, um, which is typically ethers.js or web3.js. I'm sure many of you are familiar with these libraries. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, you know, probably maybe you're more familiar with the bugs than the actual functionality itself. I spend more time debugging Web3 than I do writing it, seriously. Um, but these are basically ways of offering like human readable functions that actually produce RPC API calls. And so, you know, you don't want to call like f underscore get accounts with some like weird parameter list. You just want to call like get accounts, some nice JavaScript function that like returns you what you want. And so that's, that's what those are. Those are just abstractions for the RPC API basically. Um, okay, so, so this is the kind of the, the ecosystem. This is the last like infrastructure slide. Um, so we basically want to write a DAP that can facilitate data flowing really smoothly and, and like cleanly between um, all of these entities. And we want to kind of tie everything together in this really clean kind of bundle. Um, and, that's, and that's what your DAP really should be. Um, and so without further ado, let's jump into some code. That was Noah Zinmeister explaining building modern dApps with React and Web3 at a workshop at ETH New York back in 2019. Up next, and finally, we're going to be talking about how I earned my first $50 in a DAO. To start off, let's talk about what a DAO is. So the official acronym DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. So you can think of this kind of like a blockchain-based LLC. So when I ran my agency, Voice First LLC, uh, that was an LLC. I was registered in the state of Ohio, paid taxes in the United States, and uh, everything I did went through that LLC. I opened up bank accounts, I created other accounts online, everything was built through that LLC. Now a DAO is similar, but rather than needing to be registered in a specific state, it's just registered on a blockchain. Um, it's a bunch of people that interact typically on a Discord channel with a s one main mission and then a lot of different teams working inside of it to get that mission done in a decentralized way. There's typically not a CEO or a CTO or managers 
It's typically a much more fluid structure where skilled people come in and join something called a guild. They execute on some projects in that guild. They get paid natively in crypto, um, typically in the token of that DAO, which can then be converted back to Ethereum, a very uh, good store of value. And then they can leave whenever they're tired or if they want to go on holiday or if they want to take a vacation. They don't have to request it from anybody. They don't have to talk to anybody to get a pay raise. They just do the work that they want to do when they want to do it, however they want to do it. And the more value you add, the more you're compensated by the organization. For me, this feels like the future of work. We've talked in the past on the show of Deloitte's future of work model, the idea that people will be working in using gigs 100% online with AI powered tools um, helping them. And Deloitte's been talking about that before COVID even started and COVID really accelerated that remote work trend using AI tools, working in a gig-like fashion. One of the big differences with working inside of a DAO is aligning interests. There's this concept of a principal agent dilemma and uh, it's a political science supply chain and economics problem where you've got a principal kind of like an employer and an agent kind of like an employee so the principal hires an agent and an agent performs for a principal now while that's the big loop that's going on again the employer is hiring the employee and then the employee is delivering work for the employer there's also a micro loop that goes on where the principal the employer is acting in its own self-interest and the agent, the employee, is also acting in its own self-interest, which creates a dilemma in that macro loop of the employee hiring the employee, the employer hiring the employee and the employee delivering work when both of them are acting out of self-interest. Now, going back to the future of work, inside of a DAO, I'm getting compensated in a native token, which is not exactly one-to-one with the dollar. It's like I'm getting paid in stock in that company. So every single time I deliver work, I'm getting paid in stock in that company. Now at that point, if I want to hold on to that, thinking that the value is going to go up, I can hold on to that and just just hold on to my money and build wealth. But if I need to pay my rents or I need to pay utilities or I need to buy Christmas presents for my family, all I have to do is convert that token back to Ethereum or just directly cash that out into a fiat currency. Um, like US dollar and then I can pay for things on Amazon and on other platforms but the the key here is in the old gig economy like on uber or when I worked on upwork or when I ran my agency and engineers worked with me on projects all of that happened in US dollar pay and I delivered the work and got out I was never incentivized in the long term I didn't own a piece of the work that I was delivering but here inside of a DAO I earn equity in the com- in the companies and the projects that I build. So it directly incentivizes both the principal as well as the agent, the employer and the employee. All of our interests are aligned around increasing the value of the organization, building cool products, which directly relates to an increase in the value of my stake in the company. Every single person at the table can own a stake in the company. And we're seeing this with platforms like Rarible that just released it's token to everybody that's used the fan, the, the platform. Uh, we've seen this in platforms like Shapeshift. We've seen it in uh, a lot of companies that are now turning into DAOs where, hey, you make this platform, you're, you're publishing content on it. Like here, take some tokens. 
Thank you for putting the content on our platform. That's something that Instagram would never do. When a user posts their content on Instagram, they are giving Instagram full rights to reuse that and Instagram does not compensate the creator in any way. What if Instagram issued Instagram stock to every single creator every time that they post on the platform or every time they get engagement from a fan? How would that change the incentive structure of creators on Instagram if they owned stock in Instagram? Every single time that they posted, they would be thinking with a different mindset in terms of, okay, one, I know I'm gonna get more stock by posting high quality, valuable content. And two, what is the platform that I want to create and have ownership in because I'm now a stockholder. I'm not just some disenfranchised user and creator. I actually have a say in where this platform's going. So how, what is the work I wanna do? What are the projects I wanna fuel? How do I want this company to grow? And the last point about how DAOs are the future of work, it's entirely uh, risk-free. Like when I, when I not risk-free, but uh, HR and bureaucracy-free. When I wanted to get paid, I didn't have to go and apply on a company website and update my resume and go through a bunch of interviews. I just joined a Discord and went through their getting started guide, saw the fire hose to the face of all the different guilds and channels that are going on in this uh, DAO. I found a, a guild that I work in. For me, I'm in the dev guild. There are other people that are in design guilds and the storytelling guilds and the social media guilds and the legal guilds if you're a lawyer. Um, there's lots of guilds depending on what your skill set is and what the DAO's main goals are. But I joined the dev guild as an engineer. And then from that point, it's just, okay, well, what are the projects that are going on? I had to find, just send out a message and say, hey, what projects are going on that need help? And I got back a list of projects. I showed up to some of the meetings on what's going on in those projects. And then I said, hey, I, I want to take responsibility for this task. I think I can do it. I think I can add a lot of value here. Um, it's in my skill set and the DAO needs it. And at that point, um, I started getting my tasks, which leads into how did I earn my first $50 in a DAO? So how I earn my first $50 is different from how I think I'm earning my long-term income with the DAO. So the first $50, I was just going to a meeting for developers and I get in the meeting and they get about 15 minutes in and then one of the uh, DevOps people inside of the from the DevOps guild said, did anyone pick up the bounty for taking meeting notes? And then I was like, ooh, a bounty. That means that there's going to be some money attached. Um, no, but can you tell me more about it? And then he pulled up the, the bounty. It was just take notes during the meeting, get 1000 of the native token. And I was like, sure, I'll take that. So I picked up the bounty and I started recording notes in a platform called Notion. I worked with another engineer. I just pulled him into the notes because I'd never done it before. And he started typing away in the notes with me. And once the meeting was over and we submitted the notes, uh, I clicked submit on the bounty. I got paid 1,000 of the native token. And 1,000 of the native token at time of recording is approximately $110 for taking some notes during a meeting. And then I decided, hey, let me split this with the other guy that helped me out on this. So I sent 500 to uh, the other guild member that I was working with. That leaves me with about $50 in the US um, if I cashed it out right now. At time of writing, the price of the token is continuing to go up. And what my spending strategy is going to be in the DAO is to 
keep some of it in uh, the native DAO's token so that I own stock in the company. And as the value of that company goes up or down, I share with my interests aligned and my incentives aligned with the growth of the company that I'm working inside of. The other 50% I'm going to convert back to Ether on the Ethereum network so that uh, Ether is a very valuable asset in my mind and it's going to continue to grow in value. And it's also very easy for me to exchange Ethereum for other resources and to be able to pay for things with Ethereum or to just change Ethereum back into a US dollar if I need to spend it in a more traditional way. So I keep 50% in the, in the native DAO's token, convert 50% back to Ethereum so that uh, my pay is split between two different assets. And then if I ever need the money, uh, I can spend it by cashing it out into a fiat currency. So that was just on the bounty board. In the long term, what else I've been doing? I'm currently working on a project for network switching. So I'm doing some engineering work to help this DAO switch networks so that uh, someone can come in, click a button, and then they've switched their networks. And I'm getting compensated for that uh, more in the long term once this project is done. And from there, I was in a meeting yesterday and just talking about an idea I had for the DAO and someone on the team was just like, you should champion that project. And it was really empowering to hear that because it's not like a normal organization where I have to go and get approval from a manager um, for a new project and the manager has to go and ask the CTO if it's in the roadmap and the CTO writes these projects down for everybody else and there's a hierarchy where you got to communicate up and down. It's just, hey, you have a good idea. Why don't you champion this? Why don't you be the leader of this? write up a document, explain the value to the other members of this organization, and chances are they're all going to approve it. You're going to get whatever funding you need. You'll be able to grow your team and add on anybody else you need from the DAO, whether that's other writers, other engineers, other content creators, people from the social media. I can parse together a lot of a team and boom, I just, I'm now running a team of people that I've never seen their face of. All that I've ever seen is their avatar. I've heard their voices and none of them had to interview with me. I didn't have to interview with any of them. I just had an idea. I raised the money for it from inside the organization and then I execute and everyone's interests are aligned. Hey, this sounds like a cool project. It sounds like it's gonna add value to our organization. Go ahead, champion that, take our money because by adding value to the organization, every single person that holds the native DAO's token increases their value of the assets that they hold. So DAOs overall, very interesting model to be building in. I'm excited to continue working down that route while also doing my full-time work um, on the other side and being part of the creator economy, making podcasts like this, creating Udemy courses, um, creating NFTs, creating generative art and selling those on platforms and just continuing to find different ways to create assets in the metaverse and distribute those to everyone around the world. That's it for today. We talked about DAOs. We talked about Bitcoin mixers. We talked about the metaverse. We talked about Web3 React. This episode was pretty heavily focused on blockchain and less so on voice. Um, one thing I will tie in with this episode about voice is inside of DAOs, the voice of the individual is much more powerful than it is in a traditional organization. When the CEO has no more right to implement something than the new hire, uh, the power of an individual's voice changes drastically. And for anyone interested in voice technology, 
I, I highly urge you to join a DAO and to start suggesting voice based projects inside of DAOs because if you have a skill um, and you have an interest in a particular interface such as voice, there are people inside of DAOs that would love for you to bring that excitement around what it is you're doing and the skill you have around knowing the voice industry and working on a project inside of that DAO that will compensate you in a crypto native way. If you've got any questions from this episode, please reach out to me on Twitter at Sweetman Tech. And you can probably look me up by Sweetman.eth. If you have any questions, you can also send me a note um, using the link inside of whatever platform you're listening to this on. Thanks for tuning in. This is Sweets signing off. Thank you.